everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're chatting about what to do when your energy levels are low. So at the moment we're in the middle of winter here in Australia and I have to say I've been finding it quite challenging. I've been dragging my feet and struggling to get things done. So we're chatting about that today and we're also talking about the strategies that we use in order to kind of get past these periods when we feel like we're in a slump. Hello Laura, how are you going? I'm really good, thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, you've been away so it's nice to have you back. The kids are at home today so it's a people free day and we're in the studio hiding out from them recording a podcast because that's the way it goes really when you're running a business. Yeah, we squirreled away into the studio, it's great. <laughs> So anyway, what are we talking about today? Well, what I wanted to, I guess what came to me was I posted on Instagram last week that I had this studio day and I'd been looking forward to it. I finally had an opportunity and a surprisingly like blank schedule. And then when it came to the day, I just didn't feel like painting. Like I just, I felt like doing everything but painting. I wanted to bake a cake, I wanted to read my book, I wanted to put the fire on, I wanted to clean and declutter and potter around and I really had to drag myself into the studio. And when I posted about it on Instagram, many people related to it and said, this happens to me more than I care to admit. And I think sometimes we have a very romantic view of what it's like to be a painter and that it's lovely and you just, you know, flow into the studio and you're always feeling inspired and it's a beautiful way to spend the day and you put your music on. And sometimes it's like that, which I think is what keeps us coming back because there are moments where I'm like, this is pure joy. But in between that, there's a lot of dragging my feet. Oh, I don't know if I feel like doing it today. Can't be bothered getting all my stuff out. Then I'm just going to have to clean it all up, you know, that kind of stuff. And it can really sort of get in the way. One of the comments that people were making in the Instagram post was around the weather. So we're in the smack bang in the middle of winter here in Australia. In fact, it was the um, winter solstice just a few days ago. And people were saying, yeah, I'm feeling this too. Just this beginning of winter, I'm finding it really hard to get moving. And so I realised that... I'm not alone and that there are times of the year where it's harder to do the work that you need to do. I have a little heater in my studio and I can put it on and I can make it very cozy in here but it's not quite the same as that crackle of the fire that's on inside and the lure of the couch and oh, blankets yeah. and socks and socks on and <laughs> comfort <laughs> and but it made me think about the year and the seasons and the impact that the seasons have on the way that I work because it's not just the winter that poses challenges it's also the heat of the summer so I imagine that some people who are listening to this are in the middle of very hot weather and that also throws up similar things you know instead of wanting to sit on the couch by the fire you want to flake out on your bed under the air conditioning and I find that it's it's the autumn and the spring when I get the most work done that's my most active periods in the business and creatively I find that they're really good times where I'm like yep going to do this, going to do that. And then I get into another, once it gets into the cold or the very hot weather, I really start to slow down and struggle. And I wonder how I used to do so much. Was that a different person? <laughs> <laughs> so what did you end up doing? On that day, um, I did come into the studio and one of the things that I do is try to get in here even when I don't want to. 
because I'm a big believer in discipline and consistency. I I feel like that's actually one of the things that um, has helped my business grow. And so I make myself come in here and I set myself a timer of an hour. Most of the time, an hour is enough that I actually get in my groove and then the rest is history and I keep painting. Sometimes though, and this happened recently, I'd give myself the hour and if I'm still just not feeling it and I'm tired and I, can, I just know that I'm, I'm getting nowhere and I'm probably going to do something distractive if I don't <laughs> remove myself from the studio and actually push you know my work backwards rather than forwards. So I look at that hour as a sort of a little test And then if I get to the end of the hour and it's still not flowing, then I give myself a break, cut myself some slack and go, you know what, go inside, sit by the fire, maybe go on your laptop, do something else. It's fine. So there is that sort of compassion. Yeah, (laughs) self-compassion. Self-compassion that comes into it. But all these kind of strategies and ideas around productivity are really important when you're you're an artist. Mm. You, You need to have things like that in order to keep yourself motivated, particularly in periods when you're feeling flat and your energy is low. When you're feeling a bit flat, like do you come in and do some warm ups? Do you come in and just practice simple things? Or do you come in and attempt to finish a major piece that's hanging on the wall? What I tend to do is focus on some work that's easy. I look for the easy path. So no, I don't go in and try and finish the painting that I've been trying to finish for, you know, several weeks. Uh, that's challenging me I'm much more likely to do some watercolor work or some base layers because I know that probably 75% of what I put down will get covered up because Mm -hmm. I work in a layered process and when I'm working in acrylics or in oil I look for something that's going to be gentle and easy and I hope that that might spark something and sometimes that will eventuate in me getting over to that big canvas on the wall if things go well but if not I stay in a in the comfort zone and just sort of dabble and because momentum is is everything in this game like maintaining a consistency in the way that you approach your work and even if you just come in and do some you know color studies and then call it a day that's something it's the little things that add up over time and I think that is very powerful when you start realizing that you don't have to do something huge you just need to do something And then you're again easing the pressure. Is this something you can plan for in case you have a day where you don't want to paint? Well, I suppose, like I said to you earlier, I I give myself that one hour sort of rule. And that, you know, so that is a way of me dealing with that when it comes up. But then if it still turns out that I don't want to paint, then... I'm very flexible and I'll go in and work on some other aspect of the business. So I'll switch energy. So if painting doesn't feel like it's what I want to do today, then it might be that I actually really enjoy writing or taking some photographs. So I do switch things up in order to cope with whatever comes up because as much as I try and plan, I'm going to talk a little bit about planning in a minute, um, I try and plan out my week But what I'm learning from sitting down with you (laughs) and planning is that you need to have a lot of flexibility. 
you need to be able to move things around and shuffle what you're going to do to meet your energy level. And you're very supportive. Like you recognize, you can tell when I'm not in the right frame of mind, save for something like filming. Hmm. I have to be ready in yeah. a way. Well, it doesn't do, work if you're yeah, not. Yeah, if I'm not, if I'm tired or I'm just not in the right sort of frame of mind for teaching them, I don't explain things well. And so you'll see that. And you'll suggest to me things like, how about you just have a day to yourself and just do another day of exploring before we start pressing record on the camera. Um, so we're, we're very flexible. We're always moving things around and shuffling things across to different days, depending on our mood and our energy levels. That has become kind of an art in itself. But we've also learned to plan too. So planning is very important when you feel low energy periods, when creativity is a bit of a struggle, but you've still got to show up and continue doing work. And that's where having some plans um, and structure, I guess, is what I'm talking about, is very important. Because as nice as it would be to just sort of <laughs> flake out on the couch, and sometimes a day of that is needed. So recognizing when you really just need a rest. Yeah, you've yeah. a total yeah. rest. A total rest. Yeah. But there's a difference between rest and slacking slacking off and yeah. procrastination when you're just like Ugh. but you yeah. you've got it in you to do stuff but something's holding you back yeah well as a creative what you've done there is you've just substituted one style of creativity mm. like your painting or you're yeah. warming up or your shape experimentation to doing some copy or writing. Yeah. So that's a that's a strategy, isn't it, really? Yeah. When you think about it, that is okay, so if this sort of type of creativity is not working before you abandon completely, switch it up and try maybe a different type of creativity, some writing, mm -hmm. some journaling, some just a quick question there. On that hour. Mm. So you give yourself the hour. You I come do. into the studio, you take your tools down, you start with something easy. You're not even you're not getting frustrated, you're just not finding that spark. Yeah. After forty minutes you've realized, look, this is not working. You close everything up. How do you transition from not feeling it in the studio to then going to your computer? And saying, okay, I'll write instead. Like, where's that spark coming from? How do you transition from one to the other? Usually if I don't feel like painting, I do feel like doing something else. Okay. Yeah. So it's more about a matching of my mood to a task that suits it. <laughs> and there's a good chance that if I don't feel like painting, I'd actually really enjoy just doing some work on my website. Um, I'm in that kind of techie sort of design space that suits me. So, um, yeah, I usually just have a cup of tea, go and put myself in front of the computer and just sort of potter around and see what happens there and, and yeah. something will usually, you know, grab on. If that's not the case, I will use that time to do something around the home. So I'll try and direct some kind of energy into, okay, all right, I'm really not feeling like painting. I don't even feel like working on the business. In fact, I'm just over it all. I don't want to think about it. I just want to do something like do the laundry yeah. <laughs> and I'll go and do the laundry. It's not ideal, but at least you're getting something done. And I'm just one of those people that feels better if I get to the end of the day and I can say I completed a task. And you're very aware of that emotionally. So mm -hmm. you won't you won't beat yourself up over that. Like you'll say, okay, tomorrow's a new day and 
yeah. off I go. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, everyone I think beats themselves up over when you feel like you should be doing something, mm-hmm. like you've got a deadline. Or, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm so mad at myself because I allocated this time. I've got an exhibition coming up, you know, and I wasted today. I didn't do what I needed to do. I was working on something, but it wasn't the thing I should have been working on. I still get frustrated at myself when that happens because working on the wrong thing is one of the things that trips you up in business again and again. Yeah, we've made that mistake. Yeah. Like we've tried to force ourselves through a creative funk and we've worked on the wrong thing Mm. at the wrong time. Yeah. We've learned very, very, (laughs) very, very valuable lessons from that. And the the main thing that like our best defense against it is Mm -hmm. to stop. Yeah. Rethink, reorganize and come back at it the next day. And it's Mm. normally just a day. Yeah. Like it's, this isn't something that pushes out weeks and weeks and weeks. It's, it's normally just a day. Yeah. But I think it is something that could push out for weeks and weeks if you don't think about this sort of stuff about how to deal with your energy levels and acknowledge that you're not going to be at peak performance level every single day. And so you need to have ideas and strategies and good lines of communication around the work that you're doing and when you can sort of ease up on things when you do need to show up it's about discipline commitment all of those sorts of things so a few things that I do so that I continue working even when I don't feel like working so one of them is that we plan our week so every week on a Monday we sit down and we talk through what we're going to get done that week and that starts with what is the most important thing that we want to, what's our deliverable for the week. So at the moment this week, we've actually just had this meeting because we did it before we started this podcast. This week, we are working on finalising an online class. So that's exciting. (laughs) And we will talk more about that next week. week. But our key deliverable for this week is to finalise that class so that we can open it up for registration. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about that and what we need to do. So identifying the main goal of the week and I try to have only one goal but often there might be another sort of other important thing that needs to be done yeah, too. We have our regulars mm. podcasting yeah, and fo- yeah. photography for Instagram mm. and, and that kind of stuff but yes there's there tends to be one big deliverable yeah and then something or other thrown yeah. in. The other thing that <laughs> I'm just laughing because I used to try and have maybe three things that I would get done in a day. So let me just try and think. What was it? I was using a journal. I think it's called the five minute journal. In that journal, which is um, produced by a company called Intelligent Change, that journal gets you to write down the three things that you're going to feel really good about when you get to the end of the day and you've done them. So I was doing that process for quite a while and finding again and again that I would only get one out of the three things that I intended to do. And maybe I was setting too bigger tasks, you know, Mm -hmm. like the three things were too big. So I started to just, and I would say this to you, I'm just focusing on getting one thing done today to completion. (laughs) So I've become (laughs) a one thing a day person. Now you're a success. (laughs) (laughs) So I try and for each day of the week, kind of set a focus for that day. Now the reality is that one thing has 
probably got multiple tasks in it. So if it's to break it down, it would be several tasks. So we often will have a day when we publish a podcast, for example, Mm -hmm. and that will be my main focus for the day, which it doesn't sound like a lot, but what I've learned is that everything takes you way longer than you think. And for me, just publishing a podcast is actually a realistic goal for the day. I am so bad. I'm so bad of allocating time in my head. I'm convinced I can do things four times faster yeah. than it takes. You know, I say it to you all the time. Yeah, we can shoot it and film. We can edit it in one day. And like, it takes me three days to deliver it. <laughs> well, that's what I've learned. So I've drastically cut back my expectations and I focus on doing something each day and doing it well. So it could be finishing one video for an online class. So that's just one part of the class, Yeah, which is what we're going to be doing tomorrow. Another day we'll be focusing on pulling together the promo video. That will be the one thing. Yeah. So keeping it really simple like that, in addition to my one thing, I also have what I call a maintenance hour. Uh, because I have lots of little things that I have to get done on a more daily sort of basis. And this is like your emails, um, responding to comments, putting up an Instagram post, this sort of stuff. Mm. So I have my one thing and then I try and limit. So I'm very into this one hour type limits on things. I try and block out like an hour either in the morning or in the evening for maintenance and I do an hour of that kind of work. And I try and do it either first thing in the morning or later at night because it's not my most important work. And I try and save the time of day when I feel my best for the nitty gritty stuff, the stuff that really pushes our business forwards or my artistic practice forwards. So when I need to paint or when we record a podcast. So we've been doing artist interviews lately. I try and schedule them for about 10am my time. They're so good, by the way. (laughs) I love doing them. So that's been really fun and I'm really enjoying them. I choose that time of day because it's the time when I feel my most energized. It's about 10am in the morning. And that's when we often sit down and film online classes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very aware that my best time of day when I feel the most on top of things and most clear in my mind is from about 10 a.m. till about 1 p.m. But it's not surprising because if you think about the day, right, we wake up at 7, get the kids up, make them their lunches, take them to school, come back, you've had your shower, had your coffee, and then you have an hour, you know, and then by 10 o'clock, ready to go. And, you know? and now I... I work around that. When I want to start painting a painting, I start around 10. Everything I do that's important to me is done in that very limited window, really, between Mm -hmm. 10 a.m. and lunchtime. That's my best working time of the day. And I try and maximize that and put all my high um, quality work that needs to get done into that slot each day. So that's a cool strategy is to make that time of the day productive. So in a season when you don't have as high levels of energy, it's really important as well that you see if you can let some stuff go. I feel like this is something that's only really clicked with me in the last few months because a couple of months ago I said yes to too many things, which is kind of put us behind and it it caused an issue (laughs) because I was saying a lot of yeses to things that weren't a priority for our business. Before you would say yes and then you would say to me, guess what we're doing? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? And now you'll say, should I say yes to this or not? Yeah. And um, it's good to bounce things off each other. And it's easier to say no then if you open your calendar 
and we have a look mm-hmm. and we decide that it can't be done. It's easier to say no that way. And, and one of the things I have is a canned response in my email. So I've got a template that I use, which is just a polite decline to say, thank you for thinking of me, but I'm very busy and I'm focusing on this at the moment and wishing you all the best, blah, blah, blah. You're not saying no forever. No. You're just saying no this time. Yeah. I, have yeah. A, I think we've spoke about this quite recently on the podcast, just about when you send an email like that, how valuable it is to say you're saying no because you're saying yes to this like yes. I'm working on an, a project that's really important to mm-hmm. me that requires my energy at this yeah. time so it's a nice yes. no so we love the nice no and I think it's really good to have that ready to go so I say it's a canned response but you know I always read the email customize the response yeah. all of that sort of stuff I treat everything with respect as it comes through because I, I really appreciate it when people do go out on a limb and ask you things So we've talked about kind of the planning side of things, how we plan our week, how we still stay flexible as well, that we respect the fact that there are periods of the year when we are more energetic than others, that we just understand that as a creative, there is an ebb and flow to this work. And the more that you can get to grips with that, the better you're able to cope. There's something else that's really important. And it's the one that I think... I think it's the one that I struggle with the most. Staying healthy, eating well, getting enough sleep, like the (laughs) fundamentals. And they become even more important during these periods, like when it's cold and middle of winter. So you really got to take care of yourself. One of our biggest dreams was to be able to take the kids out of Osh. People are probably sick of listening to this. Yeah. But one of our biggest (laughs) dreams was taking the kids out of Osh and being able to take them to school. Well, we've done that. That's done and dusted. But another one of our dreams was to be able to have the time to sit down and have breakfast and chat about what we were going to do that day. And we've been doing that regularly for the last six weeks. Now, not every day, most days. Yeah. I'll make breakfast and we'll sit down. And it's normally in that hour where you get ready between nine o'clock and 10 o'clock. So when you were talking about getting into the studio to do your stuff at 10 o'clock, you're coming in off a good night's sleep and a nice hearty breakfast poached eggs on toast with some spinach and mushrooms or else some <laughs> or else some salmon on oh you're gonna be making people bread. jealous now <laughs> I mean, well i <laughs> see the thing is I, I i don't do as much cleaning as i used to do yeah. because we get rosy in you found your mojo for dinner which is yes, great i've got back into cooking again yeah and that leaves me with kind of nothing to do so i've been perfecting my breakfast you making. become the breakfast king oh i'm loving it <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it sets me up really well for that period that i talked about my pig period from mm-hmm. 10 to 1 2 ish um, quite often I, because the breakfast is usually quite substantial, that will kind of carry me through and then I'll have very sort of light lunch later, sort of later light lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that breakfast will sustain me for several yeah, hours of too. work, which is fantastic. So yeah, simple things like that, just nourishing yourself with good food, um, making sure that you get sleep and I'm working on a challenge at the moment of getting myself to bed by 10:30 so really working on focusing on getting more sleep I always have wanted to be like an early riser and get up that's never ever really worked for me but at the moment I've given up on that and I've just gone you know what just get sleep don't even worry about being an early bird and getting up that will come over time mm-hmm. when you get into a rhythm of sleeping more and to facilitate getting more sleep We've also shifted 
our dinner time and we're now making dinner much earlier. Much earlier. So we eat between sort of 5.30, 6, maybe 5.30, between 5.30 and 6.30, depending on the day. And that way I'm usually all cleaned up after dinner by 7. Then we have a little bit of time after dinner. That can be just relaxing time. And, and there's no rushing, you know, yeah. you're taking the kids to bed and you're, you're having a yeah. bit of fun, you're talking, you're reading. Like before, yeah. like we'd have dinner at 7 o'clock. And that would stretch sometimes it'd be 7. 30 and then, before, and then you know, the time you finish cleaning you, up and, yeah. and, but sometimes the kitchen would be a mess and it'd be 9 30 and far know. too late so we've yeah. shifted everything back to help us get to bed earlier and that's yeah. great yeah i and, love it and that's just another thing that you would assume you would do at the beginning of your business career <laughs> <laughs> two years year and a half full time and we're saying oh sleep is very important and I so is breakfast I, mean, I think if you went back to like our early podcast we've talked about this several times yeah. like we all we've always known how important it is and we go through phases where we're good at it phases where we slip back into staying up late and yeah the last sort of few months we really seem to have got some excellent routines yeah. in yeah. our family life that support our business and they're sticking and the kids really love it too then that's motivating for us to see that they're happier and they get hungry and so they snack so because we're having dinner earlier they're not snacking as much and they're eating more and they've got more time after dinner to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. play and things and like that, and and that yeah kind of stuff, so it's, yeah. it's really good so yeah so I, I love it I never thought I'd be an early dinner person I grew up in a home where we ate usually at seven so not super late but you know that's what I was used to so yeah. when you started saying I want to have dinner at five thirty six, I was like what are you talking about that's not a dinner time <laughs> that's lunch <laughs> <laughs> so you had to convince me, but I am now fully convinced and enjoying eating earlier and going to bed earlier. The last thing I wanted to mention before we sign off for this week it is super restorative, like lifts your spirits during these times when you're in a slump to just go out and have a chat with a friend. And last week, instead of doing our artist date, because you were away, so a while back we mentioned on the podcast that we were taking a midweek day to go do hiking and we've been doing that, but we've had to be flexible. We said it was going to be Thursdays, but we've had to move that artist date around a little bit depending on what we've got on. And last week you were away and so I um, caught up with a local artist for coffee, went and visited her studio. That was just I should say Sim, because Sim listens to the podcast. So Sim Linehan um, is the artist that I met with. So Sim, if you're listening, hello. (laughs) Yeah, it just reminded me that it's just so lovely to go out, have a chat, meet a friend, and that can bring a lot of energy back into your... And joy. Yeah, and joy back into your creative life. Before we go, I also wanted to mention that last week on the podcast episode with Wendy Solganic, I mentioned that her business was in scrapbooking. Later on, I realized I had got that wrong and I was terribly embarrassed. So we went back and we edited the copy and we made it right. But in case you heard that before we made the correction... So Wendy had a fine stationery business and a printing and design business for wedding invitations. So it wasn't scrapbooking. I don't know where I got that from. I was thinking one thing and said another. So I'm very sorry, Wendy. And I just wanted to let anyone know um, that there was just a little correction for last week's podcast. 
So thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast. I hope that you are enjoying the weather wherever you are, whether you be in winter or summer, that your energy levels are coping with the change of season. But if not, I hope you found some of our tips around planning and the strategies that we use in order to keep showing up and doing the work we love, even though sometimes we just don't feel like it.